When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. I guess last night really was just game five of Lakers Nuggets, wasn't it? It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. He is downtrodden, he is sullen. He is bummed out. He really just needs a kiss on the forehead. He is the Phillies fan Joe Fortenbaugh this morning, who we're going to have to scrape up off the floor, frankly, uh, if we're going to get this going today. Good morning, Joseph. Shockingly, not as um, upset and disappointed as you might imagine. Sure, I wanted to see them advance to the World Series, but I'm 42 years old, and my life as a sports fan is rife. My cup overfloweth with Philadelphia shortcomings in the postseason. I mean, just this past year, we blew a second-half lead in the Super Bowl, a 3-2 lead in the conference semifinals to the Celtics, and a 3-2 lead in the LCS to the Arizona Diamondbacks. I don't know why I expected anything else to happen in this situation. But when Turner and Harper and Castellanos combined for zero hits over the course of, I don't know, six games... What do you expect? So best of luck to, uh, I don't know. I'm not rooting for the Diamondbacks. I'm not rooting for your Rangers. I want you down in in the sewer with me. I want you also (laughs) miserable. So I'm going to try to drag you down. I guess go Diamondbacks. I don't know. Who knows? I'm so much. I I am so happy to hear that last 90 seconds because I was afraid for a moment the way you were setting it up with, I'm 42 years old. I can't be controlled by my sports teams anymore. Like you're going to hit me with the whole perspective crap, you know, which none of us really want to have. And uh, frankly, I'm glad. Not, I'm not glad that you're hurting. I'm glad that you still feel something at 42 years old. Yeah, I feel plenty. And most of it is negative. But you know what? Uh, this is the beauty of what sports does to us, right? Like, there's part of me that wakes up today just still upset about what happened there. Part of me that sees John Jones is out for the main event in next month's UFC pay-per-view because of a torn pectoral muscle. And it gets to me. It affects my day. And that's still something that, at the very least, while it's all negative, I I love the fact that I'm still tied to this. Which, by the way, are you looking at me on the stream right now? How nice does this shirt pop against that white background? It pops. It pops. There's no question. Everybody in the TV department was so worried this hotel setup wouldn't work. I'm popping today. Yeah, I look great. You do look great. You do. And uh, I'm glad that you have that because it's all that matters. Ultimately, it's Carlin <laughs> versus Joe ESPN radio, Sirius XM channel 80. We need you to be a part of the Carlin versus Joe nation on the Dr. Pepper call in line at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. ESPN nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice cold Dr. Pepper. The one fans deserve, you know. The Lakers last night go and lose on opening night in Denver. And I am not shocked remotely. LeBron James had his minutes. 
just limited to 29 because the Lakers don't want to wear him down during the course of the season. They asked Anthony Davis to go and win the game, had a really good first half, had a stinker of a second half. Joe, this was picking up exactly where the Lakers left off against the Nuggets in the conference finals last year. Absolutely nothing has changed between then and now. I mean, watching that game last night, the Nuggets win by 12. Doesn't it feel like they won by 30? Yeah, absolutely. Like it, it, it did not feel like 12. And, no. I mean, that's what Denver does. That That's – Nikola Jokic was, was plus 15 when he was on the court last night. Like, the Nuggets were outscoring the Lakers by 15 points when he was on the court last night. He was sensational. I mean, that should be the story, but obviously we lead with LeBron and the Lakers because that's the bigger story as to what's going to happen with arguably the greatest of all time. I, I don't – we, we have a tendency of overrating and overvaluing this team because of LeBron. And, and it's, not, it's not his fault because he's a generational guy and there's still plenty left in the tank, but there's just not enough around him. I think we have this view of Anthony Davis based on what he was and we still expect him to be that guy and he's just not. He's just not. It's game one of 82. Like, do you think he was all jacked up to go out there and try to drop 40 and 20 and make a statement? Probably not. These guys, they come into the start of the season and they realize, all right, here we go. How are we going to get from point A to point B? And then we're ready for the playoffs. I mean, the Lakers are already talking about LeBron James playing what? No more than 29 minutes a night. That, mm-hmm. That's an old man criteria right there. Like they're basically coming out and telling you, yeah, he's old. We got to limit him. And we're going to turn to Davis and that's not going to work. And we're going to maybe grab a four or five seed and we'll see how far we can go. But that's going to be it. I mean, I don't think there's a whole lot of reason to believe that this team's going to make a serious run at a championship. Do you? No, absolutely not. And last night showed me exactly why. Because you can go out and add Gabe Vincent, who was a nice player and fit exceptionally well in the Heat culture. I don't know that he's going to make a huge difference for the Lakers. You can continue to rely on Anthony Davis to deliver in big situations, but he's just inconsistent. He is one of the most inconsistent star players I've ever seen. And if people want to back Anthony Davis up, they're going to point to the championship that he won. And I would simply say, oh, that was like going to summer camp and winning a title. That, <laughs> All right. That, that's basic. No, that's basically what it was. Let's call it what it was. Anthony Davis, where else do you get three months off before you go get a chance to win a championship to make it's sure true. you're physically right? I mean, that that's just what it is. That's an AAU middle of the summer tournament in New York City. That's all that is. And ultimately... I don't look at Anthony Davis and say he is enough of a secondary superstar to really, truly help LeBron James at this point in his career. And then there's LeBron at playing 29 minutes of pop. Here he is last night after the game. I mean, I always want to be on the floor, um, especially when you got an opportunity to you know, win a game or you feel like you can make an impact. But um, I guess there's a system in place and, you know, got to follow it. Joe, listen, it doesn't matter what system is in place. I get what the Lakers are doing because they just proved to us that it doesn't matter as long as they make the play-in tournament. They still feel like they're going to have a chance to make a run. That's fine. Ultimately, though, you're still not a much-improved team from a season ago, and we saw last night that there is a just Grand Canyon-esque gap between you and and the Denver Nuggets. So there's no reason for me to have real, true optimism. And I'm not overrating it on one game. I'm just telling you, this is right where we left off. So why would my opinion of the situation 
remotely change based on anything. Part of what clouds our judgment when we assess LeBron James teams is the fact that for a long period of time, we saw his teams in the finals every single year, right? It was, what, eight in a row between Mm -hmm. Cleveland and Miami and Cleveland where he was in the finals. We saw him eight years in a row in the NBA finals. Now, so much of that belongs on his plate as the reason why. So much of it. I'm not trying to take away from it. But there was also the element of, shall we say, the Eastern Conference wasn't exactly stacked back then, right? Like, he didn't have to go through an absolute gauntlet starting in the first round of the playoffs. It's the same thing we saw for years with Tom Brady in New England. This isn't to take anything away from Brady, but for the better part of 20 years, the Bills were inept, the Jets were inept, the Dolphins were inept. Well, if no one in your own division is pushing you year in and year out, it's going to be easier to get to the playoffs. And then once you're there, it's going to be easier to make a run at it, right? Patrick Mahomes is going through this right now in Kansas City. It's not like the Chargers are going to push him. It's not like the Raiders are going to push him. It's not like the Broncos are going to push him. So the Chiefs know, worst case scenario, they're winning their division and they're hosting a playoff game. It's a great thing to have happen when you also happen to be a team that's very, very good with elite talent. LeBron had that for years in the East, but now he comes West and we start to add new factors in. He's getting a little bit older. His supporting cast might not be as great as we think they are. And you look at the Western Conference, the Nuggets are incredible. The Warriors are still going to be around. They're going to be feisty. The Phoenix Suns are going to be a tough out. Who knows what's going to happen with the Clippers, but if they're healthy, they're going to be difficult. You got young teams on the rise like Minnesota, Oklahoma City. Who knows if New Orleans gets it right? Dallas is going to be there. Sacramento's on the rise. Memphis is probably going to win a decent amount of games. Like when you get into the postseason in the West, your opening round, that's an opponent capable of taking you out which is something he never really faced in the East. So he's just got far more obstacles he's dealing with now than he dealt with in the past. And as a result, getting to the championship round, having an opportunity to host hoist another Larry O'Brien, it's just it's just much tougher. It's it's much less likely than what we're used to seeing. Yeah. And I also look at it. And if the Lakers are going to approach it the way of let's just be healthy once the playoffs come, I understand it. But I think it is foolhardy to suggest that once again you could finish 7th, 8th, ninth, 10th in the West, and you're fine. You're totally fine. Like, I, I get that they got through it this past year, but that doesn't feel like a viable game plan. And when I look at the West, are the Lakers finishing higher than 7th? Are they finishing higher than 6th? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I don't think the answer is yes, quite frankly. So... The whole game plan seems flawed, and ultimately, this organization is just chasing it again, and I understand it. I just wish they had found ways to get a little bit better this offseason than they did. And this is not based off of one game. This is based off of the overall construct of one season to the next. And I feel like they're going to be frustrating to watch this year, Joe. I really do. It could be. I don't think a top five seed is, is all that crazy to consider. We're, we're, we're basing them off of what we saw last night against the best team in the business. Like, more likely than not, they were going to lose that game. They were a sizable yes. dog in that game. They were going to lose it. So now we're looking at them and we're thinking, ah, that's not all that impressive. But we'll see them beat up on some teams. A top five seed, assuming they stay healthy, I don't think that's that far of a stretch. What worries me is this idea that here we are game one of an 82-game season and we're already hearing, here's how we're going to manage everyone and 
and then, you know, we're just going to flip the switch when we get to the playoffs. I hate that approach. I hate the idea that we already know how it's going to go, and we're just going to turn it on when it matters. It's not always there for you. It's not always there. Just take a look at baseball this year as an example. All these really good teams who had a bye, they were looking to turn it on as soon as they started playing. And what happened? Baltimore swept out of the playoffs at the hands of your beloved Texas Rangers. The, the Atlanta Braves out in four against the Phillies. The Dodgers swept by the Diamondbacks. You can't just assume when you need to flip the switch, it's going to be there. You need live Live action. That's one of the reasons Mike Tomlin had his guys out there practicing before the Ravens game in pads on a Wednesday. They ended up winning that game. You got to get some live action in there to be ready for when it comes at you because other teams aren't going to be coming in, limping into the postseason, saying to themselves, we're going to be flipping our switch too. Some of them are going to be hitting the ground running. It's your boys, Carlin versus Joe. <laughs> ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, presented by that? Progressive Insurance. I don't know, just mixing it up. It's a little Jesus and Mero. A little Jesus and Mero right there. <laughs> it's your boys. <laughs> yes, we are the Jesus and Mero of ESPN Radio. That's exactly how I would put it. And let's hope that we don't break up like they did. From the most polarizing player in the NFL to the most polarizing person in sports. That's next. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Gotta love Jerry. He's always going to deliver for us. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM. Channel 80, we're presented by Progressive Insurance. Jerry Jones, willing to make a move, Joe, to help improve the Dallas Cowboys before the trade deadline. But you better come knocking. Here's the quote. It will have to come our way. I don't want to preclude it in any way, but it always does. The initiation of an opportunity to make a trade that would help us has to start on the other end. What? What? Yep. To help us, you have to want to help us, Joe. You know, it really tickled me to read that quote this morning. You know why? Why is that? Because it means that we can play a game of who said. 
Was it Aaron Rodgers or the Dalai Lama? Relax. Kanye or Kyrie? That's another root of human struggle. Or Carlin or Joe? I've never been interested in facts. It's time again to ask, who said it? All right, Joseph. Here's the question today. Who said it? Jerry Jones or Peter Griffin? (laughs) From Family Guy? Yes. Who said it? Jerry Jones or Peter Griffin? The premise of the game is this. I will read you a quote, and you have to tell me who said it. Jerry Jones or Peter Griffin? Okay. Are are you ready? Oh, I, I am ready. I am ready, my friend. He's our baby. He's an ugly baby, but he's our baby. That's got to be Peter Griffin talking about Stewie. Incorrect. That is Jerry Jones talking about Randy Gregory, unfortunately. All right. Up next. (laughs) He actually said that about one of his players? He absolutely said that. Oh, my God. That one was so obvious. It was at Family. Okay. Okay. This is why we're playing the game. (laughs) Okay. I got to sharpen up here. (laughs) I have a confession to make. I did not like The Godfather. Uh, oh, wow. Um, let's go Jerry Jones. Peter Griffin. <laughs> why didn't he like the, why would he even say that? I don't even know. It was the context of the quote that didn't matter, but he was just, you know, it, that's Peter Griffin. This is the point. This He's is not going well it. for me. This no, is not, not going well for me at all. All right. Next question or next quote. All right. This party couldn't be better if Jesus was here. <laughs> that's Peter. That's got to be Peter Griffin. All right, we get you back in the beam right there. I don't know if Jerry's going to go that far. (laughs) Uh, Next quote, I'm the most non-competitive, so I win. Jerry Jones. (laughs) Peter Griffin. Oh, my God. That that felt like a Jerry, like, I got to think one plus one equals three. I can't afford to think one plus one <laughs> exactly. equals two. Like, that felt like a classic, like, I got to be the most non-competitive guy out here, and then I'm going to be the most competitive and win. All right, next. All I can say right now is he looks good in the shower. Please tell me that's Jerry Jones. <laughs> Correct. Who's Jerry he Jones? talking about? Troy Aikman. <laughs> Okay, next one. When I set to my when I set my mind to something, anything's possible. Isn't that just a common thing that lots of people say? You're telling me only one of the two said that? Yes. Uh, Jerry Jones. Correct. We're getting hot here. We're getting hot. All right. Next quote. Uh, let's see here. Next quote. We're down to circumcising mosquitoes. It's Peter. Please tell me Jerry did say Peter. Peter Griffin. Jerry Jones. What? In reference to the NFL labor talks, they were down to circumcising mosquitoes. That is a great line. (laughs) That's an incredible line. Uh, Yeah, that is pretty good. The only way to settle a family dispute is in the cage. Jerry Jones. Peter Griffin. Boy, this game is not going well for you. No, it is not. I got hot for a minute, and then I commented on it, and then I went ice cold again. All right, last one. He's got one of those nice bubble butts. That Jerry Jones. 
Correct. All Talking right. about Felix Jones, his former running back. <laughs> Felix Jones. I remember that. That was a good tandem. Wasn't it Felix Jones alongside Marion Barber? That yeah, was a really was, good one-two punch. Yeah, he was in that mix. Absolutely. It was a really good one-two punch. So here's and if I point. remember, was Felix Jones an Arkansas guy? Because I know yes. Jerry loves the Arkansas guys. Yes, he and uh, Darren McFadden were That's both it. in the backfield together at Arkansas. That's it. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Uh, I remember I had a stone cold under in a game at the end of the season where LSU and Arkansas were playing. It was Thanksgiving weekend. I think it was Black Friday where the game was played. And I was golfing. I was golfing in Pennsylvania. It was like 30 degrees out. But for some reason, we decided to go play. At the turn, that game was at the half. We saw it on in the bar. I had an under. Maybe the total is 50. It was like 6-3. I was like, we are good. I came in after the round, and they had scored some points, but I still was fine. And then the damn game went like four overtimes with both teams scoring touchdowns in every overtime frame, and it went soaring over the total by like two touchdowns. It was a bad beat. Now, thankfully, I had been on the course long enough that I had lubricated myself appropriately, (laughs) but – I was not. That was one of the all-timers for me. It really was your Arkansas own personal football. Black Friday, wasn't it? Yeah. That yeah. Was, it's, I was not doing any value shopping that day. Well, uh, listen, your initial impressions of playing our little game, Who Said It? Were you happy with that? I love it. I love it. And I think uh, the listeners, more importantly, if they like it, we'll keep going. I want to bring something up, though, about those comments from the beginning that Jerry said, where he talks yeah. about the trade and yeah. the idea that um, people have to call him. I think there's two issues there, two big issues with that. Number one, when I was in San Francisco, we had the then general manager of the um, San Francisco Giants, Brian Sabian, on the show. Mm -hmm. And I remember we were coming up on the trade deadline and we asked him a question about, you know, are there any players that are untouchable here? And obviously, like Buster Posey's an untouchable type player at that time. And he said no. And he said no. And then before we could react and go, oh, my God, is Buster Posey on the block? He said, look. Why would we make anybody untouchable? Why would we take options off the table, right? Like, why do you want to limit your ability to make options? Why do you want to limit your flexibility there? And I remember that really stuck with me. Like, yeah, you're not going to trade Buster Posey, but why would you come out and say something like that and just take that option off the table? You want everyone to feel like they can talk to you about anything. Why would they, why would you want to limit your scope of improvement? So number one, Jerry saying people have to go to him to work the trade deadline. That just seems as flawed logic, right? Like Mm -hmm. you're limiting your capacity to get business done. And that leads me to point two. You think Howie Roseman and the Eagles are just sitting back waiting for teams like Tennessee to call up and make great offers? No, Howie's constantly working the phones. See, this goes to your point on why Dallas is in trouble with Jerry as their primary decision maker, because he thinks like this. Well, you got to call us in order to get this done. Okay, no one's going to go out of their way to get you Kevin Bayard at the price the Eagles got him at. You got to be aggressive. You got to build the relationships. You got to wheel and deal. So this is yet another reason why the Cowboys are behind the Eagles, because while the Eagles are leaving multiple options on the table and they're working the phones jerry's sitting back closing off half the equation and basically saying you got to make it worth our while okay fine who do you think's going to call up offering you the deal of a lifetime nobody it makes absolutely no sense that's it let's get lunch and that's why the gm should have been fired a long time ago unfortunately the gm's the owner it's carlin (laughs) versus joe ESPN Radio. Hey, Lamar Jackson has just been named AFC Offensive Player of the Week. The man who literally led the way to that award will join us next. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Lamar's going to keep it, has the first down, and glances into the end zone. Jackson rolling to his right, throwing it's Mark Andrews. If I'm Baltimore, I say my ceiling is as good as anybody else's in the AFC. Why can't it be us this year? Coming to this game, they had a better record. It seemed like you guys were determined to make a statement. Yeah, better record, but that team hadn't been tested to this. It's been impressive what the Ravens are doing. And we had questions about whether or not they were going to be too inconsistent. Well, this past Sunday, they took a big step toward answering those questions. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. You look at the way things are set up in the AFC North, and things are set up pretty nicely for the Baltimore Ravens. Their all-pro left tackle is Ronnie Stanley, who joins us right now. Ronnie, it's Chris Carlin and Joe Fortenbaugh. We appreciate a few minutes. Uh, first question, did you now just finish blocking Kirby Joseph all the way up I-95? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Talk to me about that play. Did you think that that block was going to go viral as soon as it happened? Uh, no, not really. Um, you know, I was just focused on, you know, we got – that was the first touchdown of the game, and, um, you know, there was a lot of game left to play. So I was just focused on finish that game out. You know, you, you're going to go in to a film session after that game at some point, and you're going to go back through the tape against Detroit. When you're sitting there knowing you've put that play on tape, are you just a- eagerly, like, counting down the seconds until that one comes up in front of everyone in the room? <laughs> uh, you, know, you know, for me personally, you know, uh, uh, after the game, you know, I saw, you know, attention it was getting. But um, it was important to me to redirect my focus, you know, to our next opponent because, you know, it's a long season. Um, yes, I was very, you know, happy about the play and how I finished. But, you know, just keep keep the focus on, uh, you know, the next thing ahead. And so that, that was kind of my focus, you know, after after going into the session, film session. Ronnie Stanley of the Baltimore Ravens joining us. Chris Carlin, Joe Fortenbaugh on ESPN Radio. You guys were really able to dominate the line of scrimmage against a team in the Lions. It's a, a very physical football team. So tell me about how you were able to do that, how you guys prepared for that last week. Yeah, it was just, you know, a uh, uh, complete team focus. I think, uh, you know, we were really just focused on 
ourselves and we knew we had a tough opponent but just making making sure we we're at our best and um always improving and you know embracing our imperfections and, and keep building on that and you know uh we're going to continue to do the same thing and keep building you know we're not satisfied with where we're at or how we're playing year to year Baltimore is one of the most consistent teams in football. We can always count on you guys being well-coached, well-prepared, winning a lot of games. But then season to season, there are some of those inconsistencies that crop up. I mean, it's going to happen over the course of 17 games against professionals, but you might have a head-scratcher here and there like that Pittsburgh game. As you guys are working through the season, how, do, how much do you focus on that? How much do you discuss the idea of letting some of these games maybe not get away from you in some key spots? Oh yeah, I mean we're we're fully um, convinced we should be seven and zero right now, um, and you know the games we've lost we kind of gave away, so um, that's definitely been a focus, you know, um, ever since those games and us making sure that you know we're finishing games out just the way we're starting and um, making sure that you know we really close these things out, not letting teams back in. And um, this week was a good good uh, complete game that we played. But, you know, we still have a lot of things we got to fix, and um, we just got to keep that focus. Ronnie Stanley, all-pro left tackle for the Baltimore Ravens, joining us. Ronnie, uh, tell me about Lamar Jackson this season. What is the biggest misconception about Lamar Jackson? Uh, I think the biggest misconception is that he's not an elite passer. I mean, I I think he proves that wrong every, every week, you know, I think. People always make, you know, excuses here and there, whatever the case might be, but it's really a complete player. There's really no weaknesses in his game and he's a great leader. So I mean, there's nothing you know, nothing bad I can say about him. You know, in the off season, those of us who were doing the previews and looking at all the teams and trying to figure out how everyone should be assessed, one of the big talking points regarding the Ravens was that you guys were making a change at offensive coordinator. You were moving from Greg Roman to Todd Monken, who comes over from the University of Georgia. What are the biggest differences that you guys have noticed through the first month and a half of the season in Monken's system? Uh, yeah, Monk's been doing a great job, and um, you know, I think you know Lamar just being complete control of offense was. Uh, made a huge difference and you know really being able to uh, do what he wants to do have that relationship where he can you know call what he sees and amongst you know going to help him grow into being even better at that and just having that confidence in him to be in complete control Ronnie um, tell me about how long the adapting period was to a new offense to the point where this entire group was very comfortable with it and what Todd Munkin did to help that along. You know, I think he's a very good teacher. Um, he's very good at, you know, explaining things in detail and making sure, you know, everything's coordinated and we're not overlooking anything. You know, he's going to, he's going to, uh, you know, make sure we get it right. If we're going to have to walk through it a, a couple more times or, or stop the practice and redo it, he's going to do it. And we're going to make sure it's clear cut. Ronnie Stanley, Ravens offensive tackle, joining Carlin versus Joe here on ESPN Radio. Um, as radio hosts, you know we're constantly assessing the AFC, the NFC. We're breaking down the teams. We're doing our tiers, our power rankings. You know, how much time do you guys spend looking around at some of the other teams, kind of keeping an eye on Kansas City, Miami, and what they're up to? Uh, I I don't spend any time thinking about, you know, these other teams. I think we have enough on our plates and – you know, we focus on what we need to focus on. I think everything takes care of itself. Ronnie, uh, 
when you're preparing for a team like the Cardinals this week, it obviously has not gone well for them. Uh, you have an opportunity to continue to build on what you guys have done, and this was a thorough beatdown this past week. I'll say it. I know you can't of, of what you did to the Lions. So tell me about avoiding a letdown against a team like the Cardinals when they have only won one game so far this year. Yeah, it's like just treating every game like a Super Bowl. And I think, you know, our team has a mentality is, you know, it's a week-to-week lead, you know, any any team, any week, and, you know, have their best game and blow out any team. So uh, for us not to let that happen is we need to, you know, treat every game like, you know, this is this is the game for it all. So I think with that mentality, you know, we should do what we should do. You know, I'm based in Vegas. You're from Las Vegas. You went to high school at Bishop Gorman. I mean, I think we both know the Super Bowl's in Vegas this year. Have you given any thought to the idea of playing in front of the hometown crowd? Oh, yeah, that's definitely, uh, that's you know, that's something that I would, you know, love to be a part of. And, you know, that's that's the mission. You know, that's that's what we're all gunning for. And, um, you know, there's, there's nothing else but that. That's the only goal. All right, Ronnie, before I let you go, with Joe being out there, what are your best go-to spots in Vegas for food, the places that nobody's going to that he should absolutely hit if he hasn't done it yet? Man, I mean, there's, it's, you got to hit Spring Mountain Road. I mean, there's just so many uh, good Asian spots on that road, and, you know, it's not as expensive as a strip, but authentic, good Asian food, you know, Korean, Japanese, Chinese food, it's, there's a lot of good spots on Spring Mountain Road. I think that's a good good street you can never go wrong on. See, you know what he, he knows what he's talking about because his first answer is something that is not on the strip. Yep. That's key. If anyone gives you a strip property or strip restaurant as their first answer, that's where you know you might get into trouble. Well done there, Ronnie. You clearly know what you're talking about. How do people from Vegas view all the tourists, Ronnie? Does it drive you guys nuts? Are they like the, the people that are just coming to town? They don't know what Vegas is all about. Oh, yeah, you know, everyone just thinks it's, you know, casinos and parties, and uh, there's a lot more um, surrounding Vegas, you know, that makes it, you know, a complete, complete city. Well, listen, man, we appreciate it. Thanks for a few minutes. Best of luck this week and the rest of the way, and maybe you get a chance to play in front of your hometown fans later this year. Yes, sir, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. That's Ronnie Stanley, the all-pro left tackle for the Baltimore Ravens, joining us. Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. Have you hit any of those spots that he is talking about? Yeah, I know what he's talking about. There's a lot of good stuff over there. Some of it's been moved around, like Lotus of Siam is one of those. uh, It's a fantastic Thai spot that's very well known. They actually opened up a second uh, version out at Red Rock Casino in Summerlin. Mm-hmm. So there's some options there as well, but he's he's not kidding. If that was the first thing he went to, and he didn't know that question was coming in advance, he's someone who knows what he's talking about when it comes to Vegas food. This is not going to surprise you. Not a big Thai food guy. Not a big Thai food guy. What, can I get you a hot dog? Would that, would that work better for you? Maybe some, some mustard and some relish on it? I know what I am. And I, I live that. I live my life authentically, Joe. I so what, what when you come to Vegas, is it, st- I, I mean, obviously, I'm sure steakhouses are on your list. Is there anything else? Uh, you know, whatever's in front of me. We can make something work if we have to. But I, it's, I'm not going out of my way to really get something spicy because with this body, this finely tuned machine, yeah. <laughs> we don't want to put anything in it that's throwing it a curveball. You know no, what I'm you saying? Don't, you don't want to take something that's just so, so beautifully constructed and risk 
risk crashing that Lamborghini into the tree. No, no I understand. I understand Look, completely. This does not happen by accident, Joe. It doesn't. <laughs> it's a lot of hard work. Carlin versus Joe. There's one move the Ravens could make to push him over the top in the AFC. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Play up the middle. Touchdown! I'm not just a running back. I'm a guy that's willing to do anything for the team. There isn't a back in the league that can create the big play the way that Saquon Barkley can. Barkley, 92 yards, touchdown run! When you talk to defensive coordinators around the league, it is we have to stop Saquon. What is this? It's, this it is, came out of nowhere. Apparently, it is the remix of Beverly Hills Cop. Whoa! I'm assuming, right? Well, it's Crazy Frog, you know. Well, of course, it's Crazy Frog. <laughs> Do you know Are who you? was originally tapped for Beverly Hills Cop to play Axel Foley? I don't. Sylvester Stallone. Really? Sylvester Stallone, and he tried to rewrite the entire script, and it went so far where they were like, all right, enough's enough here. This isn't going to work. He left the project. He didn't like the direction. They didn't like him, and that's what got Eddie Murphy his shot. At that movie, he had obviously been very popular on Saturday Night Live. Right. But I, that's what got him his shot with that movie. And boom, rest is history there. Was it, which came first? I don't even remember. Beverly Hills Cop or 48 Hours? One of those two had to be the big breakout, right? That I don't know. That's a great yeah. question. I do yeah. not know that. Well, I mean, it's an amazing, amazing series. There's nothing better than Beverly Hills Cop. I came away from this, though, wondering, is Handman a house music guy? <laughs> Handman. Is it true? Are you a house music um, guy? I mean, I'm not opposed to house music. I will, I will party what to an it answer. for sure. What an answer. Dynamite drop in, Handman. As I'm always. not opposed to the dentist. <laughs> Gotta get your teeth cleaned. <laughs> We're throwing things like that out there. Not opposed to it. Yeah. I, I, mean, okay. I wouldn't call myself a big house music guy. Uh, Again, always. that's such a middle ground comment. Look, do you listen to it or do you not listen are, to it? Are you a... We're talk show hosts here. Have an opinion. Yeah. I like, if you had a this. show, that's what it'd be called. Meh. Meh. Yeah. <laughs> it's, no, no, no. It'd be called meh. He's with not a host, though. Like, you guys are expecting him to be something he's not. <laughs> we're trying to take people levels up, okay? If you want to come levels up, and that's what we're trying to do with the hand, man. We want to bring him up. We want to we want to sharpen up these takes a little bit. So nothing. You give me you, nothing you in the You want music. me to have a, a life-changing take on house music? No, I just ate anything. A take, an opinion. Oh, I Jeez. have opinions, but we can save it for another time. 
What do you have an opinion? You know what? No, we're not going to save it for another time. This is the only time I'm asking you about your opinion. Right. About here you go. House Give music. me an opinion on something. How about this? Not house music. The floor is yours. Give us one opinion on something. On something. Okay. Um, hmm. I think the Diamondbacks are a fun team. People need, oh, to, need to tune right. into the World Series. Corbin Carroll's going to win Wookiee of the Year. He's one of the most exciting young players in baseball. And I think that people need to care about the World Series. How about that? Well, yeah, we care about the World Series. Okay. Very much so. Yeah, very much so. I'm going to the World Series, for Pete's sake. Where you I'm go- destroyed because my team isn't in Dallas? the World Series. I am going. I am going to. Yeah. I used some points. I, I <laughs> called in a favor. I, the Phillies really screwed this for me because the World Series would have been 35 minutes down the road. And I, I called in a favor to purchase some tickets. So I am spending my Rutgers bye week by myself at the World Series. All right, hold on. What does yeah. call in a favor to purchase tickets mean? I, I never, I am not the guy for far too long in my life. I have been the go-to guy for, oh, Carlin can get his tickets for something, right? In okay. our profession, it's one of the pitfalls. And I have decided we're shutting down the ticket store over here. No moss. Okay. I am not going out of my way for tickets for anybody anymore because I will get asked questions when I come up with tickets for free. I will get asked questions like, oh, they're free? Okay, well, where are the seats? Yeah, They're in the the free section. They are in the free free section, you freeloader. So, I, I, I called in a favor to somebody I know at a team, and I said, hey, would it be possible to purchase World Series tickets through you so that I, I didn't have to spend. You don't want to go onto the secondary market. Right. Yeah. Okay. That's understandable. That's fine. Yes. So it's a favor, but you're not, you're not like freeloading here. You're not like, no. Hey, can you take care of me? I, I want to buy the pay for the tickets. I just don't want to pay the exorbitant fees that you find on the secondary market. Right. The, the, okay. and these tickets are not cheap, but they weren't, you know, $2,000 a pop. It wasn't okay. anything, which I went this morning and looked on the secondary market, and dear God, I thought maybe the numbers would have dropped a little bit because it was the Diamondbacks and not the Phillies. Oh, not so much. So, um, and, and then I got to go back to something here. You were going to, as a Rangers fan, go to Citizens Bank Park for the World Series? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You're not worried about that? No, no. I, I, it's a I'm bit cavalier of an attitude, if I may say. Um, it's not a cavalier attitude. Number one, I know what I'm walking into because I worked in Philly for a year. I know the town well. I know what the fans are. And I'm also not dumb enough to prod and poke them when things are not going well. I will sit there quietly and root for my team. So if the Rangers hit a three-run homer in the first, are you cheering? Uh, yeah, I might clap a little bit, but I'm not wearing any Rangers gear. Yeah, but the clapping is going to put the target on your back. Like, the people in that section are going to know you're there, you're the enemy. Honestly, dude. At that point, embrace it all the way. Like, again, this is a hand-man half measure here. I'm going to clap, but I'm not going to cheer. What is that? No, it's not a hand-man half measure here. It's called common sense. Like, I understand what I'm going into, and it's not just because it's Philly. There are idiot fans everywhere. But I'll give you an example. There's a good amount in Philly, though. And I say well, that because I am one. Yeah, well, listen, I, I'll give you another example, though. 2010, Yankees-Rangers ALCS at Yankee Stadium. I walked in there with every Ranger thing I had on, Ugh. and I had 
no problem because those fans are so overrated. It's unbelievable. Whoa. Okay. This story took a bit of a turn. I did not see that happening there. Yes. I don't think the Yankees fans are great, great fans. The ones that are in the building since the new building opened because the tickets are so ridiculously expensive that it's very hard to get in there for a postseason game. And I was sitting in the outfield. You know, I was sitting way out in the outfield in the lower part of the upper deck. I was not sitting in uh, amazing seats. I don't try to do that. So I had no problem there whatsoever. And let me tell you something. (laughs) You are really trying to relate to this audience, aren't you? Uh, Look, everyone, I sit up top just like all of you. No, it's not like that. (laughs) Look at me. I know what I am. You're talking about having a target on my back. Dude, I am a target, period. I am physically designed like a target. (laughs) That's what I am. I'm going to patent Handman Half Measure, by the way. Yeah, go ahead. You yeah, go ahead, that. please. I go wasn't rushing that, to the Coach government Prime. to get that done. <laughs> yeah, please, Coach Prime. Make sure you get a piece of that action. <laughs> Coach Prime got a lot of trademarks these yes, days. Yes, he does. <laughs> this is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.